In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode 107, You Ought to Know. If you're unfamiliar with the song. How dare you? Shame on you. <laughs> shame on you. You obviously were not a young adult in the mid-90s. Obviously. Because Alanis Morissette was everywhere, my friend. Everywhere. As she should be. As she should be. As Jagged should be. little pill. It was chock full of goodness. Oh my, I can still Everyone. see the cover. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So good. And we thought, what a great song to encapsulate revenge for love gone wrong. Love gone wrong, baby, because you know this week is Valentine's weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find an alternative for the F word, and you you did it well. Mm-hmm. You did it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my uh, youngest grandchild, Jax, mm-hmm. who's going on nine months, that's his new favorite response to things. That's a good one. Sometimes that he... It feels on purpose. Like sure. he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. And it's really effective. Like it's kind that. of cutting when you yeah. think about it. Just a fart noise in your face. Like, nah, I don't want anything to do with that. Hmm. I'm envisioning doing that in my next um, conference call at work. Yeah. Uh, that could be interesting. W- what do you when do? When someone like, gives an idea, just like. Sorry, that was me moaning, sighing. No. <laughs> I I would prefer just no explanation. Yeah. Just do that There's and then see what happens. There's nowhere to go afterwards. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very expressive. There's uh-huh. nowhere to, you know, like, no, you should like, no. Nope. I mean, you can't argue with someone that made a fart noise. <laughs> you can't. You just can't. You can't on it's any level. It's not sane. You really can't. No. No. Mm-hmm. But on this idea of, you know, this theme this week, mm-hmm. I've got a question for you, Yeah. Aaron. Mm-hmm. Let's say you went through a breakup. Uh-huh. Just imagine. Imagine oh, if you will. Sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because I'm sure you've never had this experience never. yet. Mm-mm. After a breakup, mm-hmm. what's the worst piece of advice that you ever received? 
Everything happens for a reason. Oh, God damn it. You want to know why? Think about that sentence. It I says hate that nothing. so much because it's used at everything. It's for used everything. With everything. For every difficult nothing. thing. It means nothing. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. That's cause and effect. That's gravity. That's <laughs> physics. Everything happens and there was a reason it happened. It's not some like great philosophical no. piece of advice you're giving me. Like, you're right. This is a blessing that yeah, I should no. turn into, you know, the next phase of my life. No, it just sucks. It just sucks. It's also usually given at the worst moment, like it, when it's still raw. Yeah. When whatever has happened is mm-hmm. still raw. No. Maybe down the line, I'll be able to see that there's a rationale and a meaning for this, but not right now. It, not everything happens for a reason. Some things happen because we weren't meant to be together. That's just bad advice. It is bad advice. And it's always presented as like, I've got this brand new idea for you. It's going to solve your life. Listen, it feels bad now. Everything happens for a reason. It happens for a reason. You don't even know. The next time you go down the street, mm-hmm. guy of your dreams, middle yeah. of the sidewalk. You won't even be looking for it. When you're not looking for it, that's when it's going to happen. And, you know, for me anyway, a lot of times when I look back on breakups, it wasn't so much that I was like, oh, God, I'll be alone. It was more like, I made some bad decisions. Yes. Like you feel yeah. weird about yourself. I'm in a weird yes. personal space, not necessarily like, let it rain men. No, 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 like, no. Absolutely. You no, know? it's in a very much like reckoning with choices that you made and choices yeah. you didn't make. And like, it's a lot more than yeah. that, Lauren. Yeah. Lauren. God, Way Lauren. to simplify it, Lauren. Jeez. To a coffee cup saying. I don't think I know Lauren, by the way. I just, don't either. Just so we're clear. If I that. do and I forgot, I apologize. I apologize yeah. first. And two, you never gave me that advice. So <laughs> just saying. Well, what's the best piece of advice you received after a breakup? Well, it was simple. It was take your meds. And here's oh. what I mean by that. Uh-huh. I, when this happened, mm-hmm. I was already on some medication for depression, anxiety, things like that. And this person that gave me the advice was like, listen, you you do what you need right now. Yeah. If you need to keep taking your meds, if you need to take more of your meds, do it. Like you, this is the time to do what your body needs, to do what yes. your head needs. Don't be ashamed of it. Just do it. Yeah. And I thought that was, <laughs> it's not revolutionary, but it's also like, yeah, like I, I may need some extra help here yeah. and I should go ahead and just do it. And I'm going to take those meds and I'm not going to feel ashamed of it. I think that's great advice mm. and necessary and necessary. Yeah. And I did take the meds. Good. Still do take the meds. Good. Because everything happens for a reason. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Those meds were created for a reason. For a reason. And they, it, it yeah, it delivers mm-hmm. on that reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's funny that that's the best advice because everything else was the worst advice. It was along the lines of that. Or mm-hmm. it was things like, I just want you to be happy or stuff like that. And it was like, that that's fine. But also, what does that mean? <laughs> And well, there's also a subtle indication there that like you're doing something actively that's going to make you unhappy. Yes. Like, well, shouldn't you assume? Like the choices in your life have made you unhappy. Yeah. And also there's an implication that the person giving the advice has it all figured out. Oh, and that's bullshit. Good point. Good point. And I good hate point. that. Hate and it. also we really live in this happiness culture. What does happiness do. mean? Like, is is happiness the same as pleasure is happiness the same as being successful or what contentment like, what's your what definition yeah. because your definition of happiness can be different than mine so we can't even really operate in that language because we're not talking about the same thing that's a good point i think there's such an emphasis on happiness at all times in a relationship which unrealistic yeah no happiness at all times at work which is definitely unrealistic uh-huh. yeah it's this idea that we have to be happy 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 happy, happy at happy, all happy, times happy, happy. yeah 
or otherwise we're not living right. No, you're not living your best life. Mm. Lauren, I'm living my best life. Yeah, I am living my best life, Lauren. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, Aaron, mm-hmm. got another question for you. Okay. Thinking about love, thinking about like dating apps that, you know, depend on like personality tests or mm-hmm. like, you know, some sort of figuring you out on an algorithm or figuring you out in a, in a certain way like that. Do you think that that's an accurate way of finding a good mate? No. Why not? I think it gets hailed as this like, oh, it'd be the perfect mate on paper, right? Mm -hmm. You agree on all these things, but that's the problem. It's on paper. And here's my two issues with that. One, I don't know myself well enough to answer those questions accurately. I can have a feeling, but if I don't take the time to really think about that question, I could be using a lot of other extraneous things to force me to choose that answer. Like, I might not be answering honestly, even though I want to be, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, I'm the type of person that sometimes I don't know how I feel about something until it happens. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I like public, dif- this is just an example, public displays of affection until it happens. And I'm like, yeah. please don't do that. Yeah, don't but touch But I me. might not have answered it that way on a on a aptitude or That's a good point. It depends test. on that person, too. Yeah. Like, if it works in that specific relationship. Yeah. I've, I've been in one situation where I was asked to take like a, not a dating situation, this was separate, but like a personality type situation. And there were some like scenarios they gave you and you had to choose an answer. And one of them was, would you sneak into a movie theater and watch a movie for free if you knew you would never be caught? Okay. Okay. I said no. Okay. And this is only because, well, there was a lot of things that went into my answer. I didn't really just take it at face value. I was like, oh, well, no, because... One, like, I'm kind of particular about the movies I see, and I feel like the one I'm going to get into for free, I don't know if I want to see that one. And I'm a highly anxious person. Yes. So I wouldn't be able to enjoy the movie because I would just think the whole time I'm getting caught. Yeah. Uh But so I put no. Uh And that got read as I think too highly of myself. What? That I wouldn't, everyone would do that. It's free. You're never going to get caught. Like, the basis is that you knew going into the movie you weren't going to get caught. And I was like, so when this was being discussed, I said, well, but what if like, what if my parents owned a movie theater and I knew how much that cost a movie theater? I would never do that. Yeah. They were like, well, that's an isolated, you know, we're talking about big picture. And I'm like, this is why the system's flawed. Yeah. Like if you're going off an assumption that's not the assumption that you would make. Right. You don't know my background with movies. (laughs) What if I had a chance? I will never go to a movie theater. What if I have a traumatic experience watching a free movie? I don't go to a movie theater. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know my life. <laughs> it's a good question, or it's a good point, though, because it brings up the question, like, do we really understand what is a compatible relationship or right. what, like, makes a relationship work? Mm-hmm. And can that be categorized in an algorithm or with a few personality questions? Exactly. I'm not sure that it can. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I think we th- like to say that we know ourselves well or that, like, oh, I would answer those questions, honestly. And I think, I believe that most people would have the intention to do that. I just don't think that we all think of ourselves that way. Yeah. Plus, when you put the pressure that this is a, like a dating questionnaire, mm-hmm. like your naturally inclination is going to want to be to put your best foot forward. Yes. So you might not answer questions totally honestly. Absolutely like, right. You might not want to admit that you're more of a jealous person than you are mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah. So you're automatically, it's flawed from the jump. There was a, a woman that I used to work with way back and she would talk about how you could only like you had to hold back the crazy until like yep. at least like date five or mm-hmm. something. And then at that point, you can start to show like little bits of yourself. But I was like, but that is such a 
I mean, it makes total sense, but then mm-hmm. that shows like what's wrong with like our conception of dating and our mm-hmm. conception of because we're like not you're showing who we are. Someone exactly, you're with tricking you. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you're not really wanting to be with me because I tricked you into being here. Yeah. So. But then at the same time, you can't reveal all your childhood trauma on the first date. Like, so there's a weird, like, right. there's a balance. Weird balance. That, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is probably why we're all better off doing work on ourselves than yes. just going, trying to go on to, you know, doing questionnaires and aptitude tests and all of these things. Like, we just, if, you know, the better you know yourself, probably the better off you're going to be. Absolutely. Because so. I think you're right that you said that we may go into some of those things with the intention of, oh, I do know myself, but maybe we don't. Maybe you don't. You know? I don't, I feel as though I'm probably at a point in my life that I know myself the best. Absolutely. But I don't think that I could accurately predict in every situation how I would feel or react. No. Because you just can't. Uh-uh. So trying to answer that, honestly, I'd like to th- think I'm going to react a certain way, mm-hmm. but I might not. You might catch me on a random Thursday and I might lose it. I might lose my biscuits. <laughs> Where another day I'd be Where'd like, "Where'd your biscuits go?" Yeah, I'd be like, "I don't care about those biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> you can have them." Also, I'm really glad that you said that when you would go into a movie theater for free, you would just feel too anxious because I would feel totally I'd anxious. Sweat. It would ruin would it. Feel, it. It would, would totally ruin it. ruin it. I wouldn't be able to pay attention. And also, what if you had to sneak in like ten minutes after it started? You missed the whole beginning. The whole beginning. What's the point? I need the whole experience. I need it all. I also need the trailers. I what need everything. if it's free and it's a movie that I've been really excited about yes. seeing, but that's the one that's free and now it's ruined because I won't be able to concentrate? Exactly. Also, do I get snacks? Because if I'm sneaking. <laughs> Then that ruins the whole part of it too. I, I'm assuming I can't buy popcorn and then Ugh. sneak into a movie. See, I mean, this is just... not what the movie going no. experience is supposed to be. Flawed question. <laughs> Flawed question. Oh. Well, okay. Here's another way that we talk about love going wrong. Yeah. We talk about red flags. Yes. And conventional wisdom says that, you know, you should pay attention to red flags to prevent issues down the road. Yeah. Do you think that most of the time, like, from the beginning, we know in our gut and we just try and work through it? Or do you think it takes time to see if it works or not? Uh, short answer is yes, I think we do know it. Mm-hmm. But we may not always honor it. Okay. Also, I want to return to a piece of advice that you gave along in the past uh-huh. that was went something along the lines of, if you feel it in your tum, you better, <laughs> you better run. run. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think the tum does not lie. Uh-huh. And I know that in my own situations... There have been so many times where my Tom is trying to tell me something uh-huh. and I stick with it no matter what. So that meant that I had a lot of creeps that I should have run from. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. Uh-huh. And it gave great stories, but still it's experiences I would rather not have. Yeah, yeah, you don't need. A lot of clingers. Ooh, stage five clinger. Yeah, a lot of manipulators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of people that don't really see me. Like they see the idea of me. Uh. They do, and Every time that's happened, I've had that feeling right away at the beginning, like they're not seeing me, but I stick with it because I something is telling me like, no, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. Or like there's something, yeah. some level of distrust that you have for yourself, or at least I have for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we're told you got to, you know, you got to uh-huh. got to stick with it. You got to try for a relationship, that kind of stuff. And so. Yeah you take that conventional wisdom into your head. Well, uh, speaking of bad advice, we hear all the time that relationships are work. And Mm -hmm. while that's true, it also sometimes gives the idea that you should have to work for it or it should always be work. Or if there's work, then that means it's working. Yes. And that's that part to me is not accurate. Like when I say relationships are work, I mean that 
there are <laughs> there are times that it would be easier to only consider me. Yes. But I don't want that because I like being with Mike. But in terms of it being work, I think when you work so hard at it, there's some things that are fundamentally wrong. Yeah. Like, I don't think you have to work that hard to be around someone. And I think in my situation, at least, all the work that I've done has been on myself right. to try and convince myself, no, it's fine. I can stay with this person. Right. Or they didn't mean what they said. Or they're not an asshole. Really, they're not. Even right. though, the, spoiler alert, they are an right. asshole. Yeah. Right. So if I could just listen to my tum, yeah. like you advised all of our listeners a while back, listen to your tum. I w- would have had a much uh, different mm-hmm. dating history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Mm -hmm. I think we make romantic relationships like we put it in a different category. And if you think about it in just terms of relationships, like even if you melt it down to a friendship, like friendships are work in the sense that you need, if you want to continue them, you have to stay in contact. You know, there's just things you do. And we don't, I wouldn't call that quote unquote work, Mm -hmm. but you have to make effort. And that's the same thing as a relationship. But when we put it in this romantic context, we make it seem like there's value in struggle. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily know if there always is. Yeah. In that sense, I'm not, you know, that's not talking about big, don't at me about your struggles and say, (laughs) this is the reason that you guys are together. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you know, it was meant this, to be. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to happen. Wait, what everything was it? That, happens everything happens for a reason. Everything I happens remember. for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything happens yeah. for a reason. Yeah. So all those creeps that are in my past, they happen for a reason. They well, happen for a reason. Least, Which you know, doesn't seem accurate. It doesn't right? seem accurate. I mean, because that allows be, them to be creepy. Exactly. It does. It makes it so that somehow yeah. there's a purpose for creeps. But there isn't. There isn't we should a not have a for purpose creeps. for creeps. Yeah. If you're a creep, <sighs> I don't want to give you everything happens for a reason. You had to have a creep. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I did not. I did not have to no, have that. No. Because then someday you're going to be sitting at a dinner with you and a couple of our friends. And then you look over at the next table and you see that creep and you're like, oh, God. And then you have a, a flashback. And then you're like, oh, God, I'm ashamed of the choices that I've made. And then your past. friends delight yes. in figuring out how, when, and watching this all take place. <laughs> While that creep is on a date with a new person, and I want to... And a newer date, I might add. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I want to like reach out to her somehow with my eyes and be like, hey, creep, 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 creep. Mind bullets. Creep, creep, creeper, creeper. Mind bullets. creeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you didn't because everything happens for a reason and everyone <laughs> deserves a creep. Everyone gets a creep. You get a creep. Yay. You get a creep. Happy you- Valentine's to creeps. Happy Creepatine's Day. Which, by the way, I think Valentine's Day is made for creeps. Because, like, everything... <laughs> Hot take. Give it to me. <laughs> because if you think about all the shit that they're selling, like, it's some sort of... It, it feels very, like, transactional. Like, if you get some roses or some whatever, like, it can... Uh, apologize for any behavior you've had in the past if you perform well at valentine's day then you're doing great yeah even though you're a creep the rest of the year and also it's just this very forced like i'm it's such a force to get you this card it's and gross. candy and i'm gonna pay multitudes higher yeah. than normal don't pay for that just get some no get some uh skittles that are wild berry slash tropical mix it up mix it up mix it up and Make that's all mash. you need uh-huh. just get them for yourself and that's mm-hmm. a good valentine's day it's a perfect Valentine's perfect Day. Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Should we talk about books? My microphone keeps moving. Probably. Everything happens for a reason. It does. It does. Everything happens for a reason <laughs> it's in this my microphone. New, I'm going to do it all the time. I'm going to say that for everything <laughs> now. Great. You're going to sound like a creep mm-hmm. pretty soon. That's well, what I'm going for. For fiction, we got a creep. Got oh, a couple creeps. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my fiction pick for this theme is called Yes, Daddy by Jonathan Parks Rummage. 
just came out last year. Okay, this sounds it's yeah. already it's already uh, it's already there, isn't mm-hmm. it? You got a picture in your mind. All right. <laughs> so Jonah is a young man who's mm-hmm. moved to New York City, and he wants to be a playwright. Mm. But just like so many people that come to New York City to try to make it, it's not happening. So when we meet him, he's living in a sublet. He's working as a waiter. He's barely scraping by. Then he finds a photo of a guy named Richard Schreiber, who is this huge playwright, winner of a Pulitzer Prize, maybe twice Jonah's age. But Jonah sees him as the key to finally getting traction, to somehow starting to make it in the world of plays. So he goes after him, setting up a meeting, pursuing him, fully intending on sort of seducing him to get into this Mm -hmm. life. And I mean, part of him wants to seduce him. Part of him just wants to have him in his corner. Mm. Maybe both. Mm -hmm. Right. But no matter what, the two start seeing each other. And then Richard brings Jonah to his massive, walled off, secure estate in the Hamptons for the summer. Oh, boy. And there there's all these other artists of Richard's age, all these like well-known people. Right. And lots of young, hot gay men on the wait staff. And when Jonah pisses Richard off one night, he's cast out of the friend circle and into this group of young waitstaff. And shit gets real because there's no escape and things get real, real freaky. I will warn you, this gets crazy. It gets pretty dark. Okay. But it is it is quite a tale. And I chose it for this theme because this is the dark side of love. Mm -hmm. And I think... A lot of times, especially here, but I think that when there's a power dynamic involved, whether it's age, whether it's class, but also the desire to make it in a creative field where there's no real like guidance or no real Uh anything, it's so easy for things to go terribly, terribly wrong. Uh And here it gets into like mental warfare and manipulation and like physical elements of control. And because this guy, Richard Shriver, is very well known, there becomes a public element to all of it, too. Mm. Like what people know of Richard. Mm -hmm. They know that he like likes he likes the younger men and he always has a younger man on his arm. But they don't know the full story. So this is super twisty. You're going to feel a lot of things as you read this. And even better, you're going to love and hate all the characters, even Jonah, the main mm. character, you're going to love some of what he does. You're going to hate some of what he does. I think no one here is free of ill intent because I think love and lust is rarely pure when it comes down to it. Right. Yeah. So this is one of those twisty, twisty love and lust tales that gets real, real weird. Well, and it's called Yes, Daddy. Yeah, that the name mm. in and of itself is is right there for you. Mm-hmm. Right there. And on the cover, it's a young hot man on like an inner tube uh-huh. in like a water or like a beach or something uh-huh. which gives you all you need to know too it's so weird because our picks are so similar really this week yeah so uh the book that i picked this week is called vladimir and it's by julia may jonas it just came out in february i think eric just texted me the cover of this that's what was i was like, just thinking of and he was like i have to take this off before i take this anywhere or people yes. are gonna think this is a you're different reading kind a trashy story. romance yeah, exactly. because the cover is like it's drawn but it's a full just like full body shot of a guy well chest shot mm-hmm. his shirt's open he's obviously very fit mm-hmm. it's like what you would picture on like a trashy romance yeah. novel thing. On some smut yes some smut and it so that's what it reminded me of because yeah. you mentioned the picture. Mm-hmm. But then it's there's a lot of other similarities. This book, um, the narrator in this book is an English professor at a university, a small university. And her husband of many years, she's in her 50s, is being accused of multiple affairs with women, Ooh. specifically with students. And the university a few years prior to this had explicitly banned 
teacher student relationships. Um, and then this all came out and she knew about them. It was an understanding that they had. It was a consensual thing. Um, she never really saw there being an issue with it, uh, because as far as she knew, all the women, it was consensual. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, there's a lot of discussion in there about power dynamics and him being an English professor too and these some of these people having projects that they wanted greenlit and different things like that. But she's kind of just flailing, like not sure where this is going. Um, at the beginning of the book, we're leading up to the college has put him on sabbatical but hasn't fired him. So he can't teach, but he can still like use the university gym. So their relationship has always kind of been distant. And now he's sort of at loose ends too. So he's popping up in her life more, even though they live together, they kind of live separate lives. And it's within this that she meets this new uh, professor that the university is bringing in. And she gets the idea that they're probably grooming him to be the new, to take over what her husband's going to lose. And he's a young new novelist. His novel hit, and it was this big thing, big success. He's got a wife. He's got a child. They move here. And the picture on the book is, I think it's supposed to be him, Vladimir, because the first time that they spend any time together is at a a get-together at their house for like a pool party type thing. Oh, boy. But really quick, we get the idea that she just, she went over that. She's like obsessed. Like, it's all she can think about, all she talks about. She's decided she's in love with him, and they've had very little interaction. (laughs) And complicating it, she really likes his wife. And then you also have this situation over here with her husband, and then her daughter unexpectedly comes home um, and is kind of going through a crisis. And there's all of these things taking place, but inside, she's sort of just shucking it all and focusing only on this obsession the other part of it is that she's been sort of uh, struggling writing wise for a couple years and all of a sudden she's got all of this stuff to write like her and so she's relating the two together like i'm obsessed with this and now i can write and so it's bleeding and having a lot of lines cross so i will tell you that there's not a lot more i can say sure but it's twisty Mm -hmm. and interesting i will tell you that this is not plot driven you are in her head so you feel very much like you're in the obsession and as the reader i think you can still you still have a little bit of a of an outside look at everything so you can kind of see it a little bit but you also feel really wrapped up in the whole you know her whole obsession and where this is all going uh but i don't if you're the type of person that likes a deep plot or likes things to be more plot driven, I don't know if this if you would love this, mm-hmm. just in the sense it's very character driven and you're very in her head. But if you do like that kind of book and you like kind of twisty and you like to kind of play with that, you know, someone's where they are mentally and see how that plays out, I think you'd love this book. It has a lot of similarities to what you described of just, you know, how power dynamics, yeah. like you said, maybe they're not always wrong, but they're not always peer. Mm-hmm. And what that kind of means for their relationship. Um, People question whether they have a functional relationship as a husband and wife. And that's an interesting thing that's explored a lot. Like do our traditional thoughts about that have to remain or can it be different? So a lot of thoughts about relationships in here, lots of things going wrong. Let me just tell you that. Sure. That sounds right. Some revenge is in there. Oh, so there's some stuff. Well, there's some stuff. I will say it's refreshing maybe to hear that like an older woman going after maybe a younger because it's always like an old male professor going after a 20 year old girl 
And I'm sick of it. Yeah. I'm so grossed out by that storyline. It's so interesting, though, too, because she talks about in the book, she's a very well-respected English professor herself, and she teaches creative writing. And she has these experiences, because this has become public, and people know that it's her husband. She has these experiences of these younger students, female students, being like, you should leave him, or you're hot, you can have any guy, and how much that annoys her. Because, like, you don't know our relationship. Don't, just because you perceive it's wrong from the outside, don't tell me what, you know, and it's interesting to see all these mental dynamics yeah. at play for her and yeah it's a it's a it's a twisty one interesting but the cover woo yeah yeah that's it's uh, something the picture that eric sent it was like yeah you're gonna need to take that yeah you need off. to take yeah, that uh, off. Or yeah people are gonna you know and mm-hmm. hey that's fine go ahead and read smut wherever but i'm sure that he didn't want yeah. people to think well and what's weird smut. is like it's not really when you get mm-hmm. into it there isn't much <laughs> in terms of that but it's perfect because it's like this obsession. Like all yeah. she can see is that, and that's all you can see on the cover. Mm-hmm. Like you know. I also just like the word smut. I don't know where it came from it's in the great. recesses of my brain, but now it's, it's all I can think about. It's a great smut. smut. Um, also, smut, smut, smut. did I ever tell you about uh, thinking about like power dynamics and like professors and whatever? When I was briefly teaching at a local community college, in the middle of a conference one time, one of the students asked me out. In the middle of a conference. In the middle of a conference, and this was in the middle of the semester. Oh, no. In the middle of a conference. And I was like, there's so many things wrong with what's happening right at this moment. And the fact that he didn't quite understand that was was even more wrong. And wow. then after that interaction where I, I was like, yeah, no, that's that's not no. going to happen. I had to go back to like the paperwork and be like, what do I need to do specifically? Because like there's a whole policy about oh, like relationships yeah. and stuff and, and sort of documenting. So I had to like write an email and be like, just to clarify, I am not interested in the proposal. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just so it was like clear out there. And then like it never happened again. But at the end of the semester, I was so worried that he was going to come after Try me again. again. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so that at the end of class, I sort of ran out to the parking lot. It was real dignified. I'll tell you that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything happens for a reason, Amy. So. <laughs> a creepy student asking me out. Everybody gets in the a creep. Ca- yep. Well, we covered that. Everybody gets a creep. Everybody gets a creep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, got more creeps. Creep isn't really strong enough word for this because my other genre book is a true crime book. Ooh, It's called Last Call, Mm -hmm. A True Story of Love, Lust, and Murder in Queer New York by Elon Green. And Mm -hmm. this came out last year. Um, In a small New York piano bar in the early 90s, uh, a lot of men are coming to this bar. Some are out. Some are closeted. Um, and all have a lot to lose at this point because this is the era of political repression, AIDS, jobs that will fire you for being gay, all sorts of moral majority bullshit and hijinks going on. So in this scene, a man is preying on the other men. Um, and he came to be known as the last call killer. Oh. And he preyed specifically on gay men because he could. He could get away with it because no one's really paying attention to these guys. These Mm. men, because in some ways a lot of them were living secrets already, they could disappear easily and no one looked too hard. Um, He very specifically targeted a lot of men that were alone in their lives Mm -hmm. as well. So as a result, this whole case, The Last Call Killer, is not well known. And the book talks about the murders. And like I said, it's definitely true crime. But the author also really gets into detail about the men who were killed. 
they're not just like one note characters or destined to be victims. This can sometimes happen mm-hmm. in true crime books. They're complicated men. They're messy men. They're real men. And they're part of a community that was very hard hit at this time. And I chose it for this scene because I think the, the killer is using this search for love and companionship as a way to take advantage and as a way to mm-hmm. kill. And so in that way, it's definitely love and lust gone wrong. But also... Like I said, the way the book is written, it's sort of a different kind of true crime book. It shows how our stories of true crime are often wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, The author has said specifically he was reacting to how so many true crime stories are white women twisted and manipulated by men who love in weird ways. Mm -hmm. You know, they're creeps or they can't love or all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the killer is the most interesting part of the story. Right. And that's not the case here. So you get a really interesting look at real people and at this queer community in the time and an opportunist who took advantage. And that opportunist is not the star of the book. It's these men Mm -hmm. that were, you know, taken advantage of and unfortunately became, you know, victims. Victims. Yeah. So really interesting book. It's a quick read. um, But... It's interesting, too, that if you decide to read it, I would recommend um, taking a look at Elon Green's website and uh, some of the past writing he's done, because he's taken on this idea of true crime quite a bit mm. and like how it's written, how you know it's marketed, how it's sort of taken off and how that may be a disservice to uh-huh. some of the people that are involved. I know it got a lot of buzz. Like it was on a lot of lists for best true crime yeah, of I the think year. NPR named it one of the best books of the year, yeah. just generally. So, yeah, yeah, very good. Well, uh, the my other genre pick this week is a graphic novel, and it came out in tw- uh, 2006, so this is a backlist for you. Uh, it's called Dragon Slippers. This is what an abusive relationship looks like. Oh, shit. And it's by Rosalind Penfold, which is uh, a alias or a, a pen name. So, um, like I said, published in 2006, and what it's... So interesting that this is a graphic novel because the author, there's an author's note in the beginning that explains that while she was experiencing this abusive relationship, she couldn't always see it for what it was, but she's always been able to express herself in drawings. And she drew a lot during that time, but she never looked at the drawings. She just always put them in a box. Whoa. And then she ended up looking at this box and realizing she basically had the story of their whole relationship drawn out so there's actual i'm sure that she probably did some other things for you know to get it published but there's you're seeing pieces of her actual drawings in the graphic novel as well wow. graphic um, i shouldn't call it a novel because it's more of a memoir so mm-hmm. graphic memoir so she's 35 she's a career woman she's got this great business she's really successful she's doing really well and she meets kind of this like guy of her dreams her he's brian he's at a party he happens to be a widower he has young children um so his story right off the bat kind of pulls her heartstrings and he does everything right he says all the right things he buys flowers he takes her on these great dates we've had this conversation before on the podcast that this idea of what we're supposed to want in a relationship is so often masking something terrible because no one really operates on that level unless they're trying to hide something exactly yeah that's why i think you and I have talked about how romance is so it's scary in a lot of ways yes. because it is designed to woo and it's designed Absolutely. to like fit these stereotypes and mask what might what really is really be happening. happening. Yeah. yeah, because to to do that level of romance, like you mentioned, you don't have to see a person. Yeah, you just ha- you just do it. It's the same, right? It's it's just it's formulaic. I'm in a relationship. I take you on this date. I give you flowers, and that means we're yeah. together. Whereas you know, you're not getting to know that person and doing something that might actually mean something to them. Yeah, 
so that's all happening. She's getting to know the kids. She's kind of losing herself pretty quickly in this relationship. Um, he travels a lot for business too, so they're going on these trips. And it's getting kind of noticeable that he maybe doesn't have as much respect for her work time um, or her time at all. And and there starts to be these little red flags that pop up. But he's really good at explaining them away. Mm-hmm. And he has this built-in card of grieving for his wife. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I was triggered. Oh, I'm oh, sorry I was thinking no. about this. Or you know how hard it is for the kids and blah, 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 blah. So there's all these red flags that keep happening. And then... Real quickly, she kind of finds an excuse to say, okay, no, it's fine. Yeah. So it keeps going and going and going until it builds to a point that it's way past what anyone should be dealing with. I mean, we multiple cases of abuse at this point, multiple cases of emotional abuse, physical even. She's seen, you know, things that are very questionable with the kids, um, and, but she just can't get out. And I think that... This form was very interesting to read that kind of story. Uh, the pictures are helpful in a way to understand like where she was mentally. I think in a way that helps um, you understand why she, why can't you get out? I yeah. think we hear that a That's lot. Like, why didn't you question. just leave? Yep. And I, we should know by now it's not that simple, no. but I still think we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see her thought processes from that time. Um, it's interesting to see how the story ends and, and, you know, her decision to make this public, obviously under a pen name, so none of the names in it are real. Um, she does this really interesting thing at the end of the book that there's all these signatures of Rosalind Penfield. And she said, I found women who had similar stories to me. and We all signed this book together. Oh and she said, God. I couldn't even fit all of them. As if to say, you know, this isn't a unique story to me. This is a universal story that can happen. Wow. And my my biggest takeaway what from it and partially because of our discussions was just how scary yeah romance yeah. can be how scary yeah. love can be when you make it so if it fits these boxes it must be right yep instead of trusting yourself and saying this doesn't feel right yeah like, and like we've know. said before we're taught to not see the red flags or to actively ignore them it reminds me of of some other things that I've listened to or read and someone will say, you know, and he, he said this as the excuse and that was plausible. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. That was plausible. We're okay with, well, if it makes sense, then it must be right, yeah. right? If it makes sense, then it fits. Yeah. No, just because it makes sense doesn't mean it's right mm-hmm. or doesn't mean that it's right for you. Yeah. So Somehow we're taught to prize everyone else's view mm-hmm. of a relationship. And if you don't have definitive evidence, exactly. then you better just be quiet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, it was a, it, it's a quick read because it's a, a graphic memoir, but it's powerful and interesting. And I just thought a lot of the choices she made creatively were were an interesting way to present yeah, something that we might know way. a lot, you know, that comes out in a lot of forms. But this was a different one. God, that idea of all the signatures it makes me yeah, it was yeah, that's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that it was a pen name because she didn't say that until the end, and then she said, you know, we all used this name. You know, this is the name I picked to use. And- Which is, again, such a fucked up thing that, like, we have to protect ourselves even when we're telling the stories of creeps mm-hmm. because somehow it's it's going to reflect badly on us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh. Mm-hmm. If you feel it in your tongue, Aaron. It's time to run. It's time to get running. It's time to run. <laughs> time to run. And that's not to say that, like like you said, there's so many times where if you're in a situation like that, you're constantly asked, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you run? Why didn't mm-hmm. you do all of this? 
No, it's not that simple. That's not that but simple. But t- it, 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 it's more simple at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Your Tom is telling you. If your gut's not having fun, <laughs> you better get on the run. <laughs> I like it. A new variation. I know. Yeah. I we like, got a oh, trademark. 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 Oh, copyright. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. Well, the, the fun, the fun keeps coming keeps which, on coming which means that it's yeah yeah these aren't necessarily fun picks is uh-uh. what i'm trying to say no. but yeah no no but. we are if you're wondering we are trying to rain on your valentine parade we totally we are, are trying to wash that we are trying out. to stomp on those stupid mm-hmm. chocolates and tear apart all the terrible roses that are five times the price we put valentine's day in a brown paper bag with yeah. dog poop set yeah. it on fire yep. and put it on your front porch sure did stomp on that shit <laughs> I don't know why we're attacking our listeners. I don't either. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't even. I don't know. We're going to find the list of creeps. Yeah. And then we're going to put the poo bag on there. Yeah. I'm not going to do it to you. I take that back. I take it back. I'm very sorry. We can start with our nemesis list. Remember the list of nemesis. Yeah. We'll start with them. Because I bet they like Valentine's Day. Stupid nemesis that they are. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh. Fell for that. Anyway. Whatever. Pop culture. Uh Uh-huh. It's called, the pick that I have is called I May Destroy You. Oh, This came from 2020. It was all the buzz Mm -hmm. in 2020. Um, It is 12 episodes long, each uh, fairly short. So this is a, a, it could be a pretty quick binge, but it's it's pretty heavy as well. So know that too. Um, Okay. So the story is Arabella is a young writer in London. And one night she goes out partying and she blacks out from what she later learns is a spiked drink. Mm. And the next day she has flashes just in the middle of her day of a man assaulting her. Oh, God. From there, she has to first decide, like, wait a minute, these are memories. Uh So she has to reckon with what happened, that somebody spiked her drink and then took her into the bathroom and raped her and Uh then left her. She has to sort of deal with what this does to her sense of self, Uh to her sense of just safety in the world, to her sense of like what future relationships can and should be. Mm. Um, She has to, and she does think about like past relationships in a new light. Like, wait, maybe some of those things that happened weren't great. Like, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, this is a way bigger issue than this, just this dude Mm -hmm. spiking my drink. Um, It's a story that is very messy. It's very chaotic. She is definitely not a perfect victim or a perfect person which i think is something that we have to contend with because so many times if a woman is to as the parlance goes cry rape you have to be spotless you have to be blameless you have Mm -hmm. to be the perfect victim for someone to believe you and she is not that Mm -hmm. and so you know know that going in and that's very refreshing Mm -hmm. to see it's important to note, too, that this is a story that actually happened to the creator and writer, Michaela Cole. Oh, my goodness. Which I say that because it lends itself to this intense realness of this story and the messiness of it, too. Mm-hmm. And that may mean some of you, it may be too much for some of you, and that is totally fine. Just yeah. know that going in, right. you know. Along with Arabella, the the story also focuses on two friends that she has that are trying to figure out their lives, trying to figure out sex, trying to figure out love and lust and and what is what is love, what is lust, what is like okay, what is coercion, what is manipulation, mm-hmm. like all of these things, which no one ever really teaches us. Right. So they're just trying to figure it out as they go, just like all of us. 
this is super powerful. It's super tough. It's also very funny. There's a lot of like levity in it mm. too. So this is not just all, you know. Terrible. Yeah. Right. No, I shouldn't say terrible, but dark hard, and hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I chose it for this theme because what I came away with from watching this are the questions that she explores. Like I was saying, like, what is sex? Versus what is coercive sex? What is non-consensual sex? What is love and what is manipulation? What is real and what isn't? Mm -hmm. And I think generally in our quest for love, so, 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 so many things can go wrong. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shitty people out there. But also, because we're also mixed up on some of these definitions, it's just a a messy situation that means that a lot of us are going to get hurt Mm -hmm. in that search for love. And... I'll also say, too, the way that she does this, Michaela Cole, like I said, is the writer and creator. She did everything. She wrote all the show. And she also contends with it, like, as a writer. The last episode of the series is so mind-boggling because she looks at several different ways that she could end the story. So you see, like, a few different endings. And it's so interesting and so cool how she did it. And... Yeah, I like I said, it's it's very tough to watch and know that if, you know, if you're sensitive to some of that mm-hmm. uh, content, that may be something to know going in. But it, it's very, very powerful. It, it deserves all the raves it has gotten. Mm-hmm. And there are many moments that are very funny and weird, too. Oh, so, well, look for that. OK, well, I went uh, with a, a true crime Netflix documentary. Mm hmm. Called the Tinder Swindler. Oh, I saw ads for this. Yeah, it was trying to get me to watch this. It's something. Okay. Let me tell you that it is tale as old as time. Unfortunately, <laughs> which is Beauty and the Beast. A guy, well, kind of. Okay, a guy is not who he says he oh, is. Oh, imagine right? that. So this guy Simon is uh, pretending basically to be a billionaire. He has adopted the last name of actually another very prominent Israeli. Uh, billionaires that own a diamond company and somehow he's sort of created another website that is also like theirs yeah it's very okay this guy this is deep let me tell you this guy is he made a career out of conning people out of money and he does it to women on tinder but he also does it to other people people that he supposedly works for and all these things but basically what happens is that he's goes on tinder he creates this relationship he creates this feeling of trust and if you're going in saying i this would never happen to me let me just stop you let me just stop you because what he does is he portrays this level of opulence that you couldn't believe that he's faking it. I mean, you're going on private jets. You're going to other countries. You're seeing the money he spends. You're seeing the outfits he wears. So when he calls you, and because he's the son of these diamonds people, he says that he's always had to have security because he's a high risk, you know, as like a kidnapping situation. That seems plausible, right, Uh in the uh diamond industry. So when his security gets in trouble and there's a breach and they say they need to get him all new credit cards and all of this stuff, he asks to borrow your credit card. And why wouldn't you? Because he sends you a receipt from a bank transfer that shows he's going to transfer you money or he gives you cash or whatever. But it just slowly creeps up further and further and further. And so finally, he picks the wrong gal. She gets completely screwed Lots and lots of money that she ends up giving him, taking out loans, all of this stuff. He's wanting, supposedly wanting to move in with her. And, and this isn't the type of thing where he's 
um, catfishing them in that he looks different. Like his social media is him. I mean, there's things that they're trying to do to check him out. It checks out. The name checks out. The website checks out. The money he's spending checks out. Like it never occurs. You wouldn't think that someone that's a fraud would be able to pull off private jets and these dates and doing all of these things. So, and he's just sweet enough, you know, right? He's just nice enough. So finally she realizes what's going on because partially American Express gets involved and tells her, yeah, we've been tracking this guy and here's the other names he uses. Oh my gosh. So she, and this is in another country, primarily does not take place in the US. Um, so I believe she's in Finland. So she decides to, what can I do? I'm screwed, but I can't let him get away with this. So she contacts a journalist and a journalist is like, that's great, but do you have evidence? And she's like, sure do. Here's all of our WhatsApp messages. I kept everything. Oh, so my he's God. like, oh, my God. So then all these journalists get involved, and they start tracking him down. And then they find these other women that were conned, and they sort of all group up together. Whoa. This first one that got screwed, the one that really takes the reins is the one that's been his girlfriend for like 18 months and had no idea. And she goes in, and I won't tell you what she does, but she does Great. This story is so interesting for so many reasons. One, it's what we always talk about. We've already talked about in this episode. Too good to be true. Yeah. Looks great. And no. Second thing is this idea of revenge and also this idea of fairness or justice. Because he does end up in police custody at some point, but he only spends like five months in jail for all the money he's taken because... To some degree, it's very hard to prosecute. They gave the money to him. Oh, God. Even though he got it under false pretenses and all of these things, there's it's very hard to prosecute certain things. And he probably knows that, right? Which is right. why he does this. Yeah. yeah. And so he doesn't really get criminally... There's not really a criminal way to hold him responsible so in this day of social media these women who are very savvy said well i'm just going to make it so anyone can recognize him anyone that does a google search on him this stuff is going to come up now and so here you go so it's it's really interesting story it's an interesting story in the dating age Mm -hmm. and trying to suss out when someone's being real or not how to protect yourself um and also how to take it in your own hands and say you know what i got screwed and i'm gonna have to deal with this part but i'm not gonna let somebody else get screwed and this is how i'm gonna do it i love that idea too of like collaboration versus like competition and also like trying to protect other women yeah Yeah. it was really it's a very interesting there's a lot of twists in there that you're like what is happening so it's, I highly, highly recommend it, if only for the part that's like 15 minutes from the end when this girlfriend, he kind of figures out that his long-term girlfriend, something's up. The range of messages he leaves this woman and she kept them all. And it is like insane. And then I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was just triggered. I'm sorry. And then insanity. And then, I mean, it was it's a wild ride. Wow. But if oh, you we love it, to hear a guy spin out. We it love is it. so fun. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, you got anybody that enjoys a little bit of true crime, anybody that enjoys seeing a little bit of Larry come up and oh, Larry, you're going to like it. And oh, it's not good. very long. It's uh-huh. a quick kind of in and out thing. It's interesting to see kind of how the journalists helped in this whole situation mm-hmm. and, and maybe how justice is taking on a different look in the world we live in now. So highly recommend especially if you'd like to just smash the idea of valentine's to bits <laughs> but you know what i bet like we were talking about some of the um like 
the ways of digital dating right now, I mm-hmm. bet he passed a personality question of yeah. all kinds and came out with not a creep, but he's very much a creep. Mm-hmm. What, but what I love is the, the main um, person that's in the documentary, Chloe, I think is her name. She says at the end, someone says, so are you on Tinder? And she's like, yeah. And they're like, really? And she said, it's not Tinder's fault. There's always going to be fair. creeps. Yeah. And, you know, she said, so lesson learned. And now, you know, that's how I take it and move forward. And yeah. I was like, that is a very well-adjusted Oof, person. I would at least switch platforms. Yeah. But hey, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Also, wh- why do we call it catfishing? I know he didn't catfish, but yeah. I know you it, mentioned he it. Did, though, he kind of did, He kind of did. Yeah. 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 But where I, did that term come from? I don't know. Is it maybe oh. because when you catch a fish and it's a catfish, that's gross? Like, you don't really want oh, that fish. Gross? I think so. Well, at least any catfish fish. I've tried is oh. gross. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And they're very hard. I think they're mean. Like, you have to wear a glove. Well, I mean, if it's part cat, of course. It's <laughs> that makes yeah, a lot of sense. It's not doing what you want. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Put me back. Uh-huh. This is all made up. I have no idea <laughs> if that's why it, it is. plausible. But I'm just throwing out. Yeah. I'm like, trying to think of a catfish. Yeah. Sure. I have no okay. idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's more than I knew. Mm-hmm. So that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a good one. It's mm-hmm. kind of oddly, it's dark, but it's also kind of light. Like to see the whole thing go down is just, wow. Doesn't make online dating sound very attractive right now at the moment. But well, yeah, but, but I you know, that's dating in and of itself is there's always going to be creeps no matter what. I feel confident, though, that you're not the type that's going to like match or be like, hey, you know what? This guy that's like jet setting everywhere around the world. <laughs> First and has- off, we're not a match if you're jet setting around the right, world. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like my house. I don't want to jet set. Uh-huh, so uh-huh, yeah. And also like you're probably a douche. Let's be yeah. honest. Oh, yeah. His pictures were. Ugh, yeah, yeah. No way. The initial. And the women that are caught up in this are. Let me just, I'll just tell you right off the bat, gorgeous. Oh. Just gorgeous. Yeah. So, so this is dating at a level that's way up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about like, We're hey, not talking like randos, yeah, like guys I see at Lucky Lotus. AFC. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm gonna, <laughs> like, it's next level. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Take out that you're a vegan. Just set that aside for a second. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it a deal breaker <laughs> if... First date, he's like, hey, I know this is weird, but I am a diehard Kentucky Fried Chicken fan. (laughs) And I just want to share this with you on our first date. And so we're going to go to KFC. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. Right? It has to be. It has to be. Because it says many things about his personality, too. His or her personality. Yeah, Yeah, that's not that's not attractive in any by any means. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that that would have been the case before I went vegan too, but the the vegan makes it a hard pass. Well, yeah, the yeah. vegan I knew it's like for yeah. sure, mm-hmm. yeah, that like you have. But just generally, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not mm-hmm. that's not uh, that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what traditional first date would you be like? Absolutely not. Like someone else you could see would be like, that's great. But if they suggested, you'd be like, that no, that's too stereotypical. I'm not doing that. I think the stereotype of a dinner and a movie is a bad idea. Yeah. For many reasons. Uh-huh. But I think if you're going to a movie, you're not going to be able to talk. So you're just sitting next to each other and mm-hmm. it's weird and you don't know where to put your arms and you don't know if you're supposed to touch yet and you yeah. don't know, like all of that. Okay. And you think there might be a move made at one point and you don't know if you're ready uh, for it and you're yeah. just, uh. And then it, depending on what the dinner is, you're feeling gassy. It's just so not a good is. situation. And listen. 
I don't need anyone to see the way I eat popcorn. <laughs> no, until no one they're needs to see that because that is a level five crazy. That's it is. It is shoving it shoving into the mouth it. hole. Think yeah. about popcorn. You don't eat anything else <laughs> no. that way. Think about if you took pieces of pizza and put them in your mouth like that. People would be like, "What is wrong with you? You don't take fistfuls, no, and, and jam then them." Like, but you're. A hand, at least mine does. And mine do open. too. Yeah, like it's crumb, and then you're shrubbing it, and you're. And, and at one point, up. I'm bringing the thing up to my yes, mouth, and, and like, yeah, yeah, I stand up. Sometimes popcorn kernels it's fall everywhere. out of my shirt. Everywhere. I have come home and taken off my bra, and a popcorn kernel has come out. And see, I don't want that to happen on a date, so I probably wouldn't eat popcorn, and then I wouldn't enjoy the movie because see, of we're that. Back to see, questionnaire. Uh, and I'm holding myself back because I'm not showing the right. level of love that I have for popcorn. popcorn. It's just a bad deal. It's not all great. around. All around terrible. That said, what is the alternative? No idea. I don't uh, know I mean, if I I've ever been on a really be okay, great date. But I like a little, like a like. I don't like those high pressure. Like I'm gonna take you to a fancy restaurant. Oh, that happened to me. when I was uh, when I first moved to Chicago and I was like 23. <laughs> it was like a potential meet cute at like a UPS store because I was picking something up and he was there and I don't know what attracted me to him if anything really but uh he decided that our first date was he was a little bit older i think he was like 30 or something so he was showing me the world he was gonna show how much money he had he was gonna show all of it and from the get i felt so gross and uncomfortable we had like a separate table at this candlelit restaurant thing and then there was like a after dinner drinks place all of itself felt so fake and forced yeah and like all the stuff about romance that just gets under my skin because it's nothing like what i want it's yeah. nothing like who i am and oh, yeah see, afterwards it was gross. so gross i ghosted that guy it was bad news yeah that's good i didn't want him knowing my house because i got a real clinger vibe after that Ooh. yeah it was real bad Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so there we are well we hope that you we have adequately <laughs> i don't know how we got there but there we are. Put the fear in you. Yeah. About love gone wrong. See, Valentine's Day sucks, people. Just accept it. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, just if if you're feeling the same way as us, it's done by now. It's, it's Wednesday the 16th. You have survived. You have made it. You have survived. Mm-hmm. And now there's like candy for super cheap. So pick up that candy. There you go. Go out. Get yourself a good candy sale. Yeah. And watch a couple of these movies. And watch out for those creeps. Yes. I was going to say something And remember, something else. what's the statement again? If you feel it in your tum. Time to run. Time to run. And what was the run. alternative that you said? Do you remember? If your gut's not having fun, <laughs> you best get on the run. <laughs> so whichever one of those you like more. Whichever one. Whichever one. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have more slogans next time. So many more. Always come up with them. Always. In the meantime. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. Witch. Witch.
Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.